Slancha, and welcome to the Throws Genius Highland Games podcast. My name's Janine Kistner. I'm a thrower, coach, and heavy athlete. In this podcast, I talk about the Highland Games and just life in general. And in this episode, I'm going to discuss my most recent games, the Covenanter Highland Games, and a mental breakthrough I had there. But first, let's get to a word from our sponsor. Hey guys, thanks for joining me for another episode or for joining me for the first time. So the, what I wanted to talk about today was my last games. Yeah. Last weekend, Saturday, I threw in Quarryville, Pennsylvania at the Covenanter Highland games. And this was, I believe the fourth in the series of IHGF qualifiers or international Highland games federation qualifiers. And I'll explain what that means in a second. Um, this games was the first, this year was the first time that women had thrown at that Highland games, which was pretty, pretty moving to me that we had women's master's class. We had lightweight women. We had the amateur, the open women's class that I threw in. And then we also had a junior's class that had a really great representation of young women. I'm not actually sure if there were any young boys, young men that threw in the junior's class. So it was really exciting to see the representation there. Um, Something else that was really neat was that the trophies were, um, they had male and female throwers, male and female bodied throwers as the kind of the cutout of the trophies. And the, one of the athletic directors told me that for next year, they're even going to may have women on the pins that they had for the games and on the t-shirts. And so, you know, it seems like it's a little thing, but when you go to a lot of games where, the default is to have, excuse, pardon me, the male athlete. It is, it's, it's nice to see someone putting in just that little bit extra effort to make sure that they're being a little more inclusive. So that, that was, that meant a lot. Um, so let me circle back and talk about what the IHGF qualifier, what that means. So the International Highland Games Federation is an organization that coordinates a number of events throughout the year. They partner with existing games to make the event a qualifying event. And they also coordinate a number of championship games throughout the year. So next weekend, um, I'm not sure when you'll be listening to this, but on Saturday, September 26th, 2020, we'll be throwing in Wichita, Kansas. That's the All-American Championships for this, the culmination of this IHGF qualifying series. The top two athletes qualified, had had preferential registration for this, the finals. I think they did it that way because last year, I don't think they quite filled out the class from the um, the winners of all the qualifiers. And so they extended the invitation to more people last year. And this year, I guess other women and men could, could, um, enter the final, but the people, like I said, the top two finishers, um, in the four classes that are included have preferential registration. So there'll be men's and women's amateur classes and men's and women's master's classes this year, which is an expansion from last year when they just had men and women's amateurs. And that was an expansion from the previous year where they only had the men's amateur class. So a lot of a lot of growth happening with the IHGF, and that's Francis Brebner who's really, um, really spearheading that. He is he's a Scotsman, and he was very much a Highland Games champion um, in his own right uh, back in the day. 
And the so this championship that we have coming up on the 26th, this is actually a qualifier for a championship in Chile. So fingers crossed, I believe the top two in each class qualify for the, the final in Chile. So hopefully the next time I'm recording this, um, I will have some good news for you. Well, actually, hopefully the next time I record this is before that championship, but hopefully after that championship, I have good news for you, um, about the, about my placing there. So, uh, your girl has actually practiced a couple times this week. Uh, shocker. I've hardly practiced at all since COVID just shut everything down back in March. It's been, you know, I've been, I've been focusing on things like taking the LSAT and just a new job and a bunch of other stuff and just couldn't get my head around trying to put too much in, but actually have ended up having a decent season. I think I've competed in nine or 10 games so far um, and plan to have at least one more this year. So that's the, I'm, I'm actually, I'm very excited about that. Um, so, yeah, so, and based on the way that I threw at that games last weekend, I definitely have some time that needs to get put into the uh, heavyweight for distance. That felt just like hot garbage. Um, so I'm going to do a breakdown of how my throws went in that game. And I, I really want to talk about how my mindset shifted um, because of some great, some great words of encouragement that I got from a great friend who will also be there at the finals next weekend. So I'm very excited about that. We are driving, drive. That's right. You heard me right driving down <laughs> from Ohio. She's we're she's from Pennsylvania. We're meeting up and we're, we're going to drive to Kansas. Um, I, I chuckle, but I did that twice last year and also drove to Oklahoma and back. So, uh, so yeah, so this is like a little flashback to last year. Um, and luckily, you know, I had someone, a dear, dear friend ride along with me when I, uh, I drove to uh, I drove my friend Tiffany, who she was there this past weekend. It was great having her there. She helped record some of the footage that I've turned into some videos that have gone on TikTok. Um, but she came down with me to Wichita, Kansas last year for this same championship. Um, and this year, you know, Jen's coming along. So I'm very excited about that. And yeah. So we'll see. Maybe I will be making an appeal to you all to uh, raise some funds for a trip to Chile. I, I got to get the deets from, I mean, we'll see. It may be a moot point. I got to finish in the top two. <laughs> so hashtag goals. Um, but we'll we'll see. We'll see. Um, so yeah, so I wanted to talk about my mindset shift. And I think that'll dovetail really nicely into talking about how the games went overall. So I had been pretty excited going into the games because I kind of thought that I was going to be the top seed going in. And I mean, the games are fun anyway, but you know, winning is fun. <laughs> and, uh, I knew it was going to be a great group, great women. I knew I was going to have fun. Um, and I was like, oh man, it'll be awesome. Like whoever wins each of the women's events other than Kaber, cause you can't really set a field record in Kaber. It's like you either turn it or you don't, or, you know, you get a score, but you don't really get records, field records in the Kaber. Um, but I just thought, you know, it'll be neat to potentially be setting some, be in a position to set some field records. Like that's always kind of neat to set the tone. Um, and then Nikita Marzano registered and I was like, oh, okay. And honestly, in my head, I was like, well, Nikita's going to win and then, and I'm going to come in second maybe. And then that'll, that'll be fine. And, um, and 
the we we started the the women's class we the amateurs class for women and men we were combined we traveled together we didn't compete against each other but we threw at each you know each event we did it together and had the same judge for our classes and so the women's masters class finished and came over and were waiting for the trig for the the weights for distance um, while we were finishing up and I was talking to my friend Jen and expressing that sentiment, you know, she was asking how it was going. And I was basically like, oh, yeah, it's fine. But like Nikita's going to win anyway. You know, it's all good. And um, and she basically told me to pull my head out of my butt. And like, why? Why am I just like assuming that she's going to beat me? And like Nikita is a very, very talented, very competitive thrower. And so I, I don't want to downplay her skill by any means. I think she finished like top three at worlds last year. She won the Arnold the year before that. She, you know, she competed in the, she's just, she's an absolute beast. You know, she won like Moss wrestling at the Arnold. Like she's an incredibly strong lifter, all these things. Um, and I think, you know, I see myself, I'm on the upper end of the the age for, for open, you know, I'm, I'm turning 40 next fall. Um, I, I think I, I had front of mind, like all the issues I haven't been lifting. I know how much stronger she is than me. Um, but Jen was basically what, what I not, it wasn't necessarily so much what she said, but what I took away from the conversation was that, you know, I need to not write myself off because on any given day, like the competition is not given to anyone. It's not given. It wasn't given to me before Nikita entered. Um, and it certainly wasn't given to her. So I, I did my best to remove head from butt and, you know, and I went into it thinking I'm, I'm going to give every event my all, I'm going to do the very best that I can and we'll see how things shake out at the end of the day. And I'm really glad that I did that because I ended up coming away with some, some pretty decent performances all around on the day. I felt like I held my own very well. And at the end of the day, she won, but only by one point. I mean, she won five events and I won four. And I mean, I, I, I never would have thought that I would have even come that close to winning, let alone, you know, within, within one point. I mean, it was, you know, and it, it could have gone the other way too. You know, I only beat her by like six inches in one of the hammer throws, but you know, like 15 more degrees on the caber or, you know, I don't know, a little bit more on one of the stone throws and it would have, you know, it would have gone the other way for me. So, um, so I don't know. I thought a lot about that after the games and really tried to think about, you know, where, where did, where did that kind of defeatist attitude come from? I don't even know if defeatist might be a little too strong of a description for it, but, um, you know, I wonder if I was just trying to preempt being, being hurt by losing to her or what, I don't know. Um, but I, I've been doing, been doing a lot of work in therapy this year, and I I see my my self esteem improving, and um, and so I think I can handle the losses a little bit better. Um, and I just know, you know, going into this games next weekend, I you know, let me back up a step because I've done this to myself before. Like I remember, I remember at the Arnold, I was like, well, Alyssa's going to beat me, and Emily's going to beat me, and Jamisa's probably going to beat me too. And the reality was that I, if I had cleared one more height in chief, then I probably, Jamisa and I probably would have flip-flopped and I would have finished in third. And so I think part of it is that I still kind of have this mindset that I had 
like even last year through a lot of the year, I felt like I was crawling my way up the rankings. Like I felt like I really had to prove that I deserve to be considered among those top ranks. Um, but when you look at my results from this year and since, you know, like middle to late season last year, you know, my, my consistency has really been there. And I, I, I feel like I deserve to be counted within that, that top group. And like, I've certainly earned it, um, with a lot of hard work, maybe not a lot of hard work this year. Um, but I think that's been the case for a lot of women. So, um, I cert, I certainly put in the hours and the reps all the way through the winter, all the way up to the Arnold. So, um, and I put in a whole hell of a lot of work last year to, to iron out my sheaf and my, my weight over bar. Um, so my stones have always been strong. My hammers are decent. You know, those, those stinking weights for distance. Oh boy. So let me shift gears a little bit and start talking about, um, the performance on that day. So we, we didn't go in traditional order. We started with the weights for distance and, I had a hard time staying in the trig. You can see in my videos that I posted. Oh boy, it was it was not cute. I definitely need to work on. I just need to work on weight for distance. I especially need to work on heavy weight for distance. I feel like my timing's just off. My footwork's off, and it's kind of. Um, I feel like I've kind of been lucky the last couple of games that I've still been able to throw around my median, but it did not. It did not go my way um, last weekend. So. I think I threw about 33 feet while I'm talking. I'm going to pull up my results because <laughs> I have them um, in here somewhere. I got to find them. Uh, here we go. I'm going to pull it up. This is really engaging content, you guys. Get excited. <laughs> All right, here we go. So the heavyweight for distance. Yeah, I threw 33.9, which is is I know some people might have a hard time gauging how strong of a throw that is. That's that's definitely I would say an above average throw. It's definitely not an elite level throw, but above average, but it's definitely below kind of below my median, I'd say. So there's that. And then and I struggled with fouling too. I think I may have I don't know if I had two fouls on heavyweight for distance, but it just was not it was not a good look. Um, and then lightweight for distance. Yeah, I had a lot of foul trouble. Lightweight for distance. I still threw a 66.9, which I'm pretty happy with, all things considered. The the nice thing about the 14-pound lightweight for distance is that even if the technique is kind of garbage, if, as long as I'm in the box, I can wail on it pretty hard at the end and still get a decent throw. So that's that's a that's a positive there. Um, then we went over to weight over bar, which that's my baby. I love weight over bar. And I was very happy to pretty handily clear 16 feet, um, like all air, you know, it was like a, like nothing but net. It would be the equivalent in basketball. Um, and, and I won the, I won the weight over bar, which I, Nikita's a very competitive weight thrower as well. I think her PR is higher than mine, but again, like I said, I've gotten very consistent at weight over bar. Um, the, um, the height standards were kind of, they were different from ones that I've had before. Um, in that the, the bar was not super secure to the uprights. And so if you clipped the bar, the crossbar on the way up, um, it would push the bar out of the way. And then you were not likely to clear it as the bar kind of, as the, the weight then kind of came back down, the bar would be like out of the way. So it'd be hard to, hard to clear it. 
oh my gosh, you know what I'm just noticing too? They put the wrong weight for the caber on here. They made it look like we, mm, I'll get to, mm, I'll get to that caber in a minute. Oh, good Lord. Um, I got to tell the AD, like I want the right, I don't know if it matters, but I want the correct weight and length caber on here. Cause good God, the one that we had was a beast. Um, so yeah, so, uh, weight over bar, I cleared 16 pretty handily. And then we went to 17 and I, um, or 17 one, I was, I was going for trying to get a PR. Um, and I didn't, I didn't have the height on it. You know, like I, I haven't been practicing that much when I cleared 17, a couple games ago, that was like a complete, that freaked, that was a, that was a freak thing that that happened, but I would like to try to be there potentially next week. So, um, so we'll see, I'm working on that. I did, I practiced that the other day. I did a few like in and out drills and, um, and then did through a little bit. And I felt like I was getting a little better on the timing. I tend to really rush like in general, like I rush with Olympic lifting on my pull and I do a similar thing on the weight over bar and on the sheaf, I know particularly. So, uh, when I was practicing two days ago, maybe I was trying to be a lot more patient on the drive up out of the bottom. So, so we'll see how that goes. So we did weight over bar and then, oh boy, what did we do next? doesn't really matter. <laughs> I think we went to, I think we may have taken a lunch break and then we went to Caber. I think we did Caber, then Hammers, then Stone, then Sheaf. I think we finished with Sheaf. Um, so Caber, we had a lunch break and then we came back and this Caber that they had us doing um, was a, then the world record holder shows up <laughs> in the Sheaf toss. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, somebody, <laughs> I'm live on TikTok right now. And somebody just commented something and I got very distracted. You know, I told myself before I started recording that I needed to not look at the screen because I knew I was going to get distracted. And lo and behold, that definitely happened. Oh my goodness. So the caber that they had us use, it was like a 17 foot is that right? Yeah. Like a 17 foot, 69 pound caber. It was a beast. Like it was definitely an elite women's caber for sure. And not everyone in the group was like elite woman. So I uh, Nikita ended up getting an 80 degrees. I got a 70 degrees. Um, it was funky too. Like it was very, there wasn't a ton of taper. It didn't have a lot of like wobble or give in it. So there wasn't any kind of help with getting it over. Um, and it was kind of hard to feel, feel the, the tipping point, like when to pull. Um, I felt like it was like the, the Goldilocks and the three cabers, like on one, I pulled too late on one, I pulled too early. And the third one was just right. Um, but so I came in second in that one and I was, I was, I was so, oh, we did that before lunch. We broke for lunch after that. And I remember being incredibly glad that we broke for lunch after that. Cause I definitely would not have wanted to have a full stomach, um, getting down in the position to pick the caber. So, so that was that. So we went and we did caber and then we had lunch and took a bunch of Advil and then we went to the hammers, um, hammers, man, I was really pleasantly surprised with them. I threw 73, six in the heavy hammer and 91.4 in the light. And the 91.4 is the second best throw I've ever had. The only, the only other time I've broken 90 feet was when I set my PR. Um, so I was, I was super proud about that. And the heavy hammer, I think I only beat Nikita by six inches. So I was very happy, 
very, very happy with that. If you're my keyboard clicking, I'm going to look up my, there's this website, cabermetrics.com, C-A-B-E-R-M-E-T-R-I-C-S, no sponsorship, uh, cabermetrics.com, um, that you can look up. They're, they're kind of like NASGA, but better um, as far as the rankings and that they pull up all of the marks that you've ever gotten in your whole life. So you can see your progression, your year by year progression in your marks um, and your PRs um, and, and whatnot. So your overall PRs, and then it has all your marks from all the games you've ever competed in. So I was going to look my heavy hammer PR. Oh my goodness. I was super close to that. My heavy hammer PR is 74, six and I threw 73, six. And my light hammer PR is a 92.4 and I threw 91.4. So yeah, go figure. A good hammer day. I was one foot under both of my PRs. I'll take that. Shoot. I didn't gain this COVID weight for nothing, y'all. That's another conversation. I can come back to that one later if I've got time on the recording. Oh, I got to stop looking at the TikTok live. I'll get very distracted. So we had hammers and then we went to stones or no, I think we went to sheaf and then we went to stones. I don't know. No, we did stones first and then we went to sheaf. It doesn't really matter. Oh my goodness. Okay. So we had a 16 pound Braemar stone that kind of looked like a giant petrified kidney and it felt like a boulder. It was, it was gigantic and it was heavy and it was ugly to throw. And so I threw that about 27, two and a half. Um, and Nikita went 28, eight. So we were very, we were very close there. Um, I don't even want to talk about PRs and Braemar because that thing was, a re- that was, a, that's on the heavy end of the, um, the stones that we throw. And uh, we, yeah, we, the, the women's class, the masters and the lightweight women, I think they only threw one stone. Um, instead of two, cause like there was anyway, it doesn't matter. Really doesn't matter. So there's the Braemar. Then we went to the open stone and it was like 11.03 or something like that. So that again was on the upper end of the, um, weight for Braemar. And I threw that 33, seven and came in second and Nikita threw 35, four. So at that point, uh, Nikita, I think she had locked away the win at that point. Um, cause I think she had won five. Yeah. She won five events by the time we finished the stones. Um, and then we went to sheaf and I think she and I both cleared. Oh, it says it was a 12. Oh, also, by the way, the wob, it says 28 pounds on here. The wob that we threw said 29. So I guess technically I PR'd in the 29 pound weight over bar on Saturday. So that's fun. And then for the sheaf, she has 12 on here. I think maybe it said 10 pounds on it, but, um, again, there were issues with the, the crossbar kind of swinging away from the uprights. And so Nikita and I both ended up clearing 24 feet, but I won on misses. So that, yeah. So that's the breakdown 25. She won five events and I won four. So there's the breakdown for you. Yeah. Oh, good grief. Yeah. My heavyweight was off. Lightweight, I mean, the best I've gone this year in lightweight is 71.5. My PR is 74.10. So throwing 66 feet in lightweight, I'm pretty happy with that. Now, I feel like there was something else I was going to come back to. Oh, yeah. Nikita is the world record on the sheaf toss. So honestly, I had like written off being able to do anything better than second in sheaf. 
Um, but she had a little trouble with the standards. I mean, just, you know, it is what it is. Everybody's got stuff going on in the day. And that's what I need to remember. Like everybody's got stuff and just, I need to just worry about my own game and worry about being consistent for myself. And there you go. So, so yeah, so that was the games. Let me see. Is there anything else to talk about from the games? It was just, it was, again, it was a lot of fun. Oh, we had two challenge events. This was awesome. We did an 88 pound shackle for speed, shackle carry for speed. Um, it was like a 120 foot course. Um, we had to go down and around the a keg and come back. And uh, man, I was rolling and then I got a little tripped up and I dropped it about three quarters of the way through and I ran back and I picked it up and I finished, but I wasn't quite in the top three, but that's okay. I had, a, I, I learned my lesson to, uh, not trip and to, uh, not drop the shackle. So note to self for next time, don't drop the implement that you're racing with. And then the other challenge event that we had was a keg over bar and I smoked that. Oh my goodness. That was awesome. I, I won it at 11 feet, but I think I could have probably cleared 15 if we hadn't had the wonky bar. Um, so that, that was for sure fun. And I, one of the things I'm looking forward to at this games, uh, this next games is the challenge events. Last year we did a half weight over bar. So I think the women threw like a 21 pound weight for height and the men threw the 28 and whoo, that was fun. Um, the prize was, uh, I think there was some money in it uh, and I came close, but Alyssa Happner just got me. So hopefully, hopefully this year, whatever it is, I can come through on it. Also um, last year at this championship games, um, I did partake in the, uh, the traditional whiskey shot beforehand and I ended up falling on heavyweight for distance and Really, I hadn't been practicing. I was so burned out by the time we got through world women's worlds last year that I just I was just I wasn't on my game last year and I was burned out from all the travel. I mean, this game's last year was the third time I had driven out to that the middle of the country. Um but I blame I blame the whiskey for falling down on the heavyweight for distance. So so this game's in Quarryville. There definitely was there were pre pre-games whiskey shots and I I pocketed mine and passed it off to my friend. So the, the cats out of the bag on that one too. Um, but, but yeah, so I think that wraps it up. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap up this episode of the throws genius Highland games podcast. Hope you all enjoyed this breakdown. You can feel free to reach out to me. I'm at Janine throws J A N I N E T H R O W S. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, I suppose I haven't really. Yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. Anyway, I hope you all have a wonderful day and I'll catch on the flip side.